Stay true, stay real, stay righteous. What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? I'm gonna have a Prima Pills. Short for Pilsner, I suppose. Prima. <laughs> Prima. This is by Premature. Big... <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, what this we, is uh... what are we six? Wah <laughs> 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 We're running out of jokes, guys. No. Anyways, uh, this is by uh, Victory Brewing Company. This is another one out of Pennsylvania. The Transylvania of the United States. Oh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder that. Because I, I feel like I've said this before, but I, somebody <laughs> told me one time that Pennsylvania, like, there's a lot of strange yeah. <laughs> culture, I guess, around there. Right. So I'm like, you know, it's like the Transylvania. Dutch. It's kind of, the, you, know, <laughs> we don't, you know, you don't really know what you're getting into when you go around there, but... I feel like there was a guy on, or two guys on, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the show, The Circle. It's one of those Netflix reality trash TV I've shows. I've seen the first season, yeah. <laughs> there was the two brothers. Remember there was the, the uh, well, the first brother was, was like the bearded guy, and he was kind of, you know, buff, and he was like the real country party guy. Do you remember him? I, don't, I can't even remember his the name. The two brothers. And then his brother came on maybe the season after and his brother was like a traveling model or something. Okay, I've never, and, I, I was going to say I've never seen right. the season after. But anyway, I can't remember their names because I, I can't remember stuff like that. That's how much I don't pay attention to it. But anyways, they were both from Pennsylvania. They were both kind of weird, so I, don't know, I just made me think of them. Like, <laughs> do they have accents? Do they have the, the Pennsylvania accents? They did, but yeah. I can't, I could not mimic it. It's, it's hard. Its, it's a weird one to mimic. Right, it's almost like it, right? And then what they do, right? Uh, I can't. That's one I can't imitate. Yeah, it's it's a very strange accent. You know, I was re- was I was reading an article the other day because I like to you know read these weird, uh, fantastical stuff that I often bring up. But naturally, I was I was reading an article about the Fatima miracle mm-hmm. and or the three miracles of Fatima, right? I believe so. Well, it was so so. Just to give so to give some backstory, so this Fatima is actually a town in Portugal, mm-hmm. and during um, I think uh, nineteen like nineteen sixteen nineteen seventeen, there were these three children from this village that proclaimed that they had had this experience one day when they were out at a well or near a hill or something. They had seen I think it was like a field or something. Yeah, right? they had essentially had come in contact with an entity that they described as being the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. And that this entity had spoke to them and given them three, like, prophecies of things to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, and I'm trying to recollect what the three, exactly the three prophecies were, but I know the, the first one was um, it talked about they had a vision of hell, and all um, right, you know, the, it described you know the demons. Yeah, it had these descriptions of people that were like, but it was like a, it was like a, an instant. They said it was all within an instant, but they felt everything. Right, it was this very intense experience, but they were pulled out of it very quickly by this entity. Like they couldn't be there for very long, um, but it was just enough to give them an idea of essentially. I guess they assumed that this is what would happen to humanity. If we couldn't correct our ways, was their interpretation. Um, the second 
prophecy, I believe, actually dealt with. So during this time, if you think about it, 1917, World War One was actually going on during this time. And so the prophecy actually said that the war, w- the Great War would come to an end, and it did. But it said that it would be followed by an even worse conflict that would be even more destructive. A bigger conflict, yeah. And in fact... World there II. was something that did happen worse. Mm-hmm. World War II that was on a larger scale and more destructive. Um, it also had some some weird instructions about how if Russia in particular was not converted, which in, you know at the time the Soviet Union actually did banish religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think it's still. Or, I, I'm not no, sh- no, it isn't today. I'm not sure the that Chinese still, still do that. Still though. banned, but f- I think uh, maybe through the USSR, I think it might have been. Man, but I know during this particular time, the Soviet Union, um, or leading into World War II and the Soviet Union, you know, religion was banned. Mm-hmm. And in this particular prophecy, as it was talking about this other great war that was going to happen, um, it mentioned that specifically that if Russia could not be converted over to believing in what this entity was was trying to mm-hmm. say, the way, the truth, right that that it would you know somehow lead to the possible destruction of humanity, mm-hmm. and for the longest time the third prophecy wasn't revealed, right. but at some point I think there was a, a pope that actually opened it. It was it was given to the Vatican at some point naturally, you know, mm-hmm. and they hit, of course they hid it away and didn't tell anybody for whatever reason. But at some point somebody did actually open it. And it was said that the particular pope that read it apparently fainted and then decided that it was not meant to be spoken of to anybody else. Mm. And there's been theories behind what it, what he actually read. Some say that it spoke of uh, an actual assassination that happened several years later of, or attempt assassination of a pope. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also some that speculate that he said it's, it talked about how the, the pope would actually eventually lead his followers astray oh interesting and yeah that it would that it would it's something along the lines of that the the pope would lead his flock Mm -hmm. to the slaughter and that that somehow i guess you know freaked him out but the whole event outside the whole prophecies the whole fatima event is very interesting because there's actually a, a particular moment for for several months. The town folks would go to this area and pray, hoping to see mm-hmm. that they would see this entity. Right. And there was one particular, the last time that they ever that they ever all met, that all these people met in this area. There is a description of this particular event where the sun began to look very unusual. I don't know if you we, we talked about this, but yep. we were we were talking. There's there was there was actually at one point an event that these masses of people saw that they described the sun began moving and like actually began moving in unusual ways. And I think at one point they even described maybe a possible like metal craft or something. I feel like there's something that actually describes yeah, that. It starts to get more. It starts to get weirder the, the the further the story goes. But I heard it in that context. The only reason, because you know, we again we always like to talk about alien god theories and stuff. In the context of what it actually was, it was being presented as an extraterrestrial force. So that's how it was being presented to me. So the whole craft and stuff was also talked about, but that was kind of like the premise of it, and then it told the backstory. So, so when you look at it from that perspective, because as I as I was reading the story, and it was my first time hearing about it, 
you know, I began, naturally I began to kind of astray outside of the whole religious thing and say, well, wait a minute, you know, what's what's really going on here? I mean, you're talking about seeing the, the well, sun, it's hard to, the it's sun hard to say. moving in the sky. It's you're hard seeing, to say. You know, we don't know. What is, but what is divine, right? Right. What is, but, what is so, so it brought me that? to another question. If extraterrestrials were trying to communicate and direct humanity for whatever reason, yeah. <laughs> would they do so in an Good intent luck. to? Well, no, I mean, would they do so with the intent for it to knowing that this will be seen as a religious, like understanding what the perception is going to be when I have contact or the way I'm going to communicate this to these people? Mm-hmm. And why would that be the method? Why wouldn't you, as an extraterrestrial, come down and say, "Okay, look, humanity, here we are. This is what we need. You know, this is what needs to happen. You got to stop doing this. this. Is how you need to develop. Whatever. Why would they intervene in a way that would be perceived as? You're saying if a force was self-aware and was intending to deliver the message, knowing that it would be perceived as something of a divine nature. Are they are they knowingly doing that because they know right. how it's going to right. be perceived, or are they just doing that knowing, hey, it doesn't matter how it's perceived as long as the message is taken serious? Like, like, does it matter to them? So I can tell you, I can tell you what the Urantia book says. We always find ourselves coming back <laughs> to that, don't we? Because I'll always look up stuff like this. So the Urantia book says that those types of messages they are intended to be delivered in that manner so that way humans can conceptualize them in a way that's understandable to them. It's essentially their way to deliver a primitive message to a primitive species. Right. It's almost like trying to describe something to a, a second grader. Right. You have to sort of change your language and simplify right. how you're communicating to help it be understood. I mean, that makes sense. That would be... Well, because think about some of the most compelling instances of this happening, like even in the modern day. Like, have you ever heard about the, um, in World War II, the tribes that lived in the Pacific Islands that were, that were exposed for the first time in their lives to planes, to war planes? Did mm-hmm. you ever hear, like, the weird thing that happened with them? No, uh, go ahead. Tribes or Tribes, yeah. yeah, that, that are completely cut Throughout off the from Pacific the world Islands. that live in the Pacific yeah. Islands. Right. And during World War II, there were islands that, that war never saw them. So the tribes that lived there still remained out of contact with humanity. So as these right. planes would fly over, they had no idea what they were seeing. And as time went on, they began to build replicas out of these sticks, and they would wait on the hilltops for days for these planes to return because mm-hmm. they didn't know what they were. So right. they were essentially trying to call back these these things that they had never seen in their life. They never seen right. them fly like that, and and that happened like during World War II. If that shows you mm-hmm. how easily things like how easily something so foreign in in mm-hmm. message or technology can get construed, how it can get confusing to someone. <laughs> but if but if a but you know if a so I'm trying to you know perceive so if say uh, you know. Um, an American pilot lands on one of these islands, meets with the tribes, and then goes to teach them and say, "Oh, this is a man-made craft, and here's how it works, and it's not an you know, it's not a uh, right, it's not a creature, it's not a god. I'm I'm a man like you, and you can learn how you can learn how to fly one of these too, <laughs> right? You know, it, it would so it makes me wonder the messages that if you go with the idea, and it is say something like an extraterrestrial being trying to interact. Oh, we okay. Will, will, does that make sense? 
Right. Why does it have to be so simplified? Are we not capable of understanding? You well, you're saying? saying you're saying like because, at, because at I'm, this point, I believe that like you can use the example of the Pacific Islanders, but the truth is, if somebody had landed and taught them, they could have told them the facts, and I believe the Islanders could have began to understand. So, like the Urachia book talks about the prophets, and these people who carry these ideologies, and they and they talk about how. From time to time, they would send these messengers of these peaceful New Age ideologies to be implemented to try to reconnect us and to bring us back. And we did a really good job of killing them. That's <laughs> well, what we yeah. would do frequently. And they and they actually talked about how Jesus was just another one in the rung until it worked. It kind of got through. <laughs> until right? it worked. Right. And there were some radical changes to the world, the modern, you know, the modern civilization. So I don't know. It all depends. It all depends on how you want to view it. If you want to view it from a divine standpoint, I mean, it's 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 obviously easily to perceive that way from, you know, especially if you're religious. But if you view it from more of the extraterrestrial standpoint, why wouldn't they at this point in time when we can understand, when we have the awareness to actually conversate or attempt to communicate with them, why wouldn't they just do that with us? And here's the thing, maybe they don't know how to. Maybe they have no maybe they're not of the same material that we are. Like think about it. What if these creatures of divine nature really are what they are? Maybe that's how they yeah. look. Maybe that's how they are. Maybe that's how they speak. And who's to say that they're not <laughs> yeah. multidimensional and can only draw so much energy to communicate for brief pockets of time well we sort of acknowledge that if we look at any of these experiences we acknowledge it's something beyond us like it's weird right, right. it's when we look at this weird. event we acknowledge that it's considered such a sacred and such a miraculous type event because it's something be- it's something beyond us that occurred but it does make your mind really pick at it and like you know man what was really going on you know why don't i get to have experiences like that. I mean, well, there's plenty of... Well, you, can always, you can always bring up the obvious point of a hoax. <laughs> them just making it up. Could be. You know, but for it to be have taken so serious, right. I don't know. And I think the description of sort of the mass... Um, well, there's just like a lot of weird that stuff saw, that yeah. happened around it that kind of makes mm. the whole thing a real mystical thing. I mean, it's not really... It's a very fascinating story. If you have not heard of it, you really should look it up. It is a very yeah. fascinating and interesting story, even if you do want to look at it more in a religious perspective. I just think it's interesting, mm-hmm. um, fascinating. Another interesting thing that I found out is, did you know that at one time the United States had built a massive underground Arctic military base. Uh, no, I didn't. Or, yeah. So it's been, it's it's not, it was one of these things, I think, that was probably released. In the Arctic? <laughs> well, actually in Greenland in particular. Okay, But it yeah. opened an area, but that's part of the Arctic mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but they had actually, this was during, of course, the Cold War era, so we were trying to build a, a nuclear launch base closer to Russia. And of course, they had decided that the Arctic would be the the next best. You know, it's isolated. There's not really, you know, I guess satellites and stuff watching it up to there, right. right? And so um, they had actually constructed 
the United States had actually constructed this massive underground facility that was essentially buried under the snow. And, um, I mean, it, when I talk massive, it like its main corridor was called Main Street. Wow. And it had everything from rec rooms to full-blown kitchens to uh, facilities for all the staff. I mean, it was really like a little mini city mm-hmm. underneath this you know, underneath snow out in the Arctic somewhere. And what ended up happening is the thing that nobody <laughs> thought about is when you have such a massive facility like that and it's, and it's in, you know, snow, is that it creates a lot of heat. So what happened over time is that the ceiling of this facility started lowering by like five feet in like a short amount of time. It was losing, it's you know, it was literally melting the snow above it. Uh-huh. On top of that... <laughs> the area that you're building on is actually like a like a uh, it's kind of like an ice shelf or whatever. So ice doesn't stay. It's, ice is not a sound thing to build structurally on, right? Because it moves, it shifts. Ice falls off. It's literally wait. They built on it on an ice shelf. It's on. It's on an ice shelf buried under the snow. Holy so shit! So essentially, over time, it, it was <laughs> it was abandoned. It had to be abandoned, right? So now you've got this facility that has all this waste and stuff that's been left behind inside of it, and they're basically coming to the they're coming to the realization that as the snow's melting over time, just naturally now, like it's going to start re- releasing all of these like unused chemicals and pollution and shit. And on top of that, when you think about it and you look at it and you actually research it, and by the way, I'm trying to think. I wrote down the name of it. It was called. Camp Century is the name of it. If you ever want to look it up, it's called uh-huh. Camp Century, and that it's it's it was this massive facility. But how much money was put into it? Like, think about that. Well, first off, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> Who builds a giant fucking military base on a glacier? That's an awful idea. So if you ever wonder what it was like back in the 50s and 60s when we had <laughs> fuck around money and they were literally just like, Atomic hey, energy. you know what? You know, because, because you know, the Russians want to show their muscle. We're going to show, let's go, let's go build a base out. Like, you know how they were making stuff in the 80s about the U.S. building like Arctic base? You know, they would make these crazy movies of like the U.S. building crazy stuff. I'm like, they were really doing that at one time. They were just out here experimenting, just having fun. I'm like, the days of fucking around is over with. The days of finding out is happening. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I just think about that. And when you look it up and you think about even in, let's use the Cold War era, for example, how much money was probably spent on just ludicrous shit. Spy oh. technology, you know. We got to build a, a well, missile shit. silo out here. And we got to go occupy this island or what? You know, just crazy stuff. Man, you don't even have to look in the past to see that. <laughs> Can see it now, right? Arctic bases. That's where. That's where you end up finding like the thing, right? You're gonna end up, <laughs> We yeah. find out. We find out that the the story of the you know it not being structurally sound is totally false. They 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 dug into something or uncovered something. You know, there's a theory that over time, as these ice shells keep melting, we're literally losing ice and snow. That like it's gonna start exposing microbes and water and stuff that hasn't been. Exposes surface surface in like billions of years. What's that gonna do? I I don't know. You tell me. 
naturalistically probably, kill us off, right? Probably what needs to happen. Right. <laughs> it's like, Eradicates it's literally cancer. the timeline. It's like, look, if they if they manage to melt down at this point, then it's, they, need to, they need to be eradicated. We've like, earned that's it. That's the fail safe. We've earned Once it. Once they hit this <laughs> level, it releases the deadly virus that wipes out humanity. It's the flood. Look, right? they, had, they had, you know... Um, However many thousands of years right. to fix it, and they finally hit the failsafe and execute it and got it's rid like of it. Like David's the, okay. bomb from Prometheus, <laughs> just eradicates the population. Right. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, it, you were talking about like stuff that gets released, information that gets released. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, I would like to know what really happened at S4 in the 80s, like the place where Bob Lazar worked, the guy who claims to have worked on extraterrestrial well, technology. Because he talked about them having a hangar where they had like eight of these crafts that they had supposedly excavated from digs. And I'm like, I just want to know if they were there. Like, I don't just, care how they were. Like, I don't care the details. I don't care if the if it look, was different. Species. It's one of those things. If you're not ready to reveal all of the truth, just like give us a few. Give us a few things. Was Say, it there? Okay, we, we got we got a, you know. Was there unknown alien, artifacts that were yeah. unearthed from from? Digs. Remember when people were going to storm Area Fifty One? Wasn't that a thing not too long ago? They were little, like people were, like grouped up at one point. Remember they were all outside. I mean, right. obviously nobody like stormed it, but they were they were. Remember th- what was that? Was it? Was it was yeah, that, that happened in twenty twenty. Was that one of those weird things where when the world it was ended one of those weird, Yeah, it was one of those weird. Um, <laughs> we're going to storm Area Fifty One. We're going to find uh, out if they got those ships in there. Right at Area Fifty One, the one place everybody expects UFO crafts to be. I'm like, at this point, they probably just keep up the Allura Air 51 because they've got some other... By this point, it's going to move on to right. somewhere else. They just keep that. That's just the, hey, guys, just go out every once in a while and... Sh- and sh- Where know, else is it, fly, right? Fly that, fly that uh, one little craft around with the lights and let them keep, you know, thinking activities going on so they keep looking over here, right? You know, I will I will say, and I don't, I don't remember much about it, but you were talking about, like, hidden underground army bases mm-hmm. and stuff. But I do remember somewhere, there's supposedly one somewhere in, um, like in Colorado or something, right? That's like an underground. Built, built to a mountain, I think. Built right? to a mountain. It's you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah, that's I what I'm thinking what of. I what it's called, yeah, but I know what you're talking about, yeah. Supposedly there's like one and there, some and of people the stories, are like, there's weird stuff yeah, that go story, down. Because apparently some people have been down in there, or, you know, or they found, supposedly they, they found like tunnels. Right. Or, uh, um, what was it? Vent shafts. Vent shafts. They found like the vent shafts. Holes in the side. You know, man-made holes and stuff in the side of the mountain. Yeah. They said they seen weird lights flying around it. I, I swear there was a story of somebody talking about being in that underground base and seeing like rooms where like they were doing experiments on shit people or they had a people. There were like some rooms that had like other extraterrestrials like working alongside you uh-huh. know military people or. You know, crazy stuff. I don't know, man. It's, you know, part of it's like you want to know the truth, but then you're like, do you really want to know the truth? Man. I don't know. Well, Chris, as always, it's been good. Absolutely. And if you enjoy what you heard tonight, we are streaming on all major platforms, and you can check us out on any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, everybody stay true, stay real, stay righteous.